This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Nice shot. Here comes a shooter. Shooter. Big button. Stack, stack, stack. What is up, guys? It's nice to be back. What's going on? Who do we got with us? It's all me, brother. Just you. Yeah, man. What's going on? Nah, just chilling, man. Just winding down, drinking my water, hanging out in the <laughs> studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, not a whole lot else to do right now, you know? No. I mean, around it's... and avoid public areas. Yeah, I guess so. I guess Stupid if that's what people. you yeah i know it's kind of tough but you got to do what you got to do man got to stay safe got to think of yourself actually a little bit more precautious now being back to work um and on a boat it's kind of one of those things that we're in contact with a lot of people but we're at half capacity right now so we're able to take 20 people um so it's kind of cool uh with keeping the six foot distance and so on and so forth. Um, and tomorrow I'll be on one of the regular charter boats. So we get to take six people. So nice. kind of sucks. I, I just wear my mask and hand sanitize and just kind of whatever. I mean, I'm at the point where is the mask really that helpful? It's helpful to the other person. It's not helpful to me. <laughs> right. You know, so whatever. It is what it is. But hey, you'll be good. Yeah. Oh, I'm not worried at, at all. Um, the more and more I think about it, the less and less that I worry. Yep. But 
It is what it is. The world is starting to open up. Things are starting to look on the bright side. Well, in some respects, on the other side, looks like the world's burning to hell, at least in the cities. Jesus. I can't get over that, man. And and uh, today I had a, you know, a chance to talk to Cliff Cadet from uh, Urban Archery NYC. Um, and he lives in the heart of it, man. He's, he's, as some of you guys may or may not know, he is actually a UPS driver in the greater New York City area. Um, and we were talking about the protests and so yeah, on and so forth. He's seeing this like firsthand. Yeah. And he's kind of been like one of those people that I kind of lean on when it comes to this whole thing, like with the pandemic and, and the coronavirus and then talking to him now about the whole protest thing, because he he's in the heart of it, man. Like this is where it all happens. So it's 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 good to talk to him and, you know, I say a prayer for him. And, you know, he's always in my thoughts because you never know what the hell is going on in New York City. So he's definitely one of those people. So I had the chance to talk to him. And he was telling me about it and whatnot and how he had to sit down and have a talk with his kids. Um, And, you know, just like he said, I mean, just like we, you know, as we always do and as the people that we are, um, as the sportsmen and the outdoorsmen and the conservationists and the stewards of the land, so on and so forth, is, you know, he's just trying to teach his kids, you know, just to be a better person. Um, And it's kind of what you got to do in these days because, a lot of people that are doing these bad things are just just ignorant, stupid people. Um, and, and they're just looting and, and starting fires and hurting people for no reason. Um, and it's just stupid in their own their own homes, their own cities. It's just I don't know. It's just stupid. Yep. Well, and that's stupid. The, the stupid thing is you have people out there actually exercising their right to a peaceful protest. And I am 100% behind that. But what Absolutely. drives me nuts is people go, they're protesting. The police are occupied. Let's go cause hell. And and then we're talking to Cliff, man. He was saying that like they're hitting like North Face, they're hitting like Nike, all these high end places to do it. Yeah, um, they want free shit. It's it's so stupid. It's like they're, you know they're the ones who uh, create the bad image around all of it. it it's no. not that what they're doing. The protester side is not a bad thing whatsoever. I get it. Speak out your issues, but. Watching what these people are doing to local business people, not just the big chain stores, they're they're just wreaking havoc because they can, because they know they have a good chance they're going to get away with it because our frontline responders are all tied up. And frankly, they're the ones that, you know what, if they get shot, I see you break a window, I see you burn a building, I see you do something stupid and they get shot, I'm not going to pity you. You're the idiot. Right. Absolutely. I, absolutely. Uh, there was a, there's been a lot of crazy memes that go on, man. And, and, and one of them was, uh, uh rubber bullets hurt more than you playing call of duty on your mom's couch. Huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> was that is so true. <laughs> it was, uh, it was one of those, I was just dying. I was laughing when I saw it, you know? Um, and Cliff also, he sent me a, a video, um, of, them looting the UPS trucks and taking it over. Well, that's like, that's a felony. 
<laughs> Why do you got to do that? You yeah. know, and, and, and him being a UPS driver, we were talking about it and he was like, you know, we're not here to die for the car, for the, for the company. So right. if somebody wants to take it, take it. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, do you blame them? Um, but I mean, in a lot of these people also are, you know, beating these business owners in the head with two by fours. I mean, yeah. come on guys. For what? You know, well, I mean, what does that prove other than you're a fucking idiot? Well, it's your friend's fucking uncle or aunt or whoever that own these businesses and you're only hurting your own your own community, man. Yeah. Like Well, see, and and that's the kind of activity right there that is screwing up the media. Because correct. Look at it. Through this, what do you see in the media? You have the, the bad things. Yes. It's it's all negative, and you have people literally just saying, Oh, all the black folks are coming out here and destroying stuff. Ah, well, you should look at the whole picture. It's not just the black folks. There's people of every race and whatever you want to call it. Yeah, going out doing this stuff because they can get away with it because they're criminals. But the media is only pointing one thing to inside a race war. Well, the funny thing is that the one the one kid that I was talking about with the rubber bullets was a was a was a troubled white kid. Yeah, I mean, there's just as many whites, Hispanics. Uh, Chinese on both sides of the fence. It, it is actually a very balanced amount, whether they are peaceful or whether they are hooligans. And that's the sad part about it. The media is only going to portray just enough to cause the race war that they've been trying to incite for years. They're not showing the whole picture. Yeah. Everybody is out there of every race, religion, creed, background saying, some of this is wrong. You know, we have issues with this, but they're only showing the bad. They're not showing the people that got arrested in there. I did see one clip today of people who'd been arrested for peacefully protesting, but they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then after three hours waiting to get picked up, they were sitting there laughing and joking with the cops that arrested them going, hey, yeah, you know, we're we're just doing our thing. We're the peaceful ones. We're not breaking anything. I got nothing against you. Hell, we support our police. We just wanted to be heard. And there was only one clip out of everything I saw today that showed that. And that's what's wrong with both sides of the media, not just the liberal media, not the the red or the blue. You know, it's all media. They only show one side of it because that's what gets them a story. And that's what gets them ratings. For sure. And I'm oh, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same exact way. It was the same with same. It's the same with the coronavirus. It's the same with everything. You know, the media just makes it so they do it enough with the hunting community. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is if yeah. it if it's something that's so negative that it brings a story and gets viewers and creates high levels of emotion in people, that's what they're going to show. They're so not going to show reality. <laughs> You know, and that's the other thing. I mean, like us, us in the hunting, fishing, outdoor community is that we all band together. We all stick together. Um, I don't care who you are, what, where you come from, what you do. I could give a rat's ass. It doesn't matter to me. You know what I'm saying? And like, it, there's just no need for none of this, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm totally over all of it. And I, you know, a lot of, and I get it, you know, with the whole, with, with the whole, um, the police thing. And I was going to go into that was how a lot of these police officers are now standing up for themselves saying that there's not all of us are bad people. And we know a lot of these people, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these police officers are our friends of ours that have some of them have been on the podcast and you guys don't even know that they're police officers exactly so 
That that's one of the things that that one single clip I saw that showed some positivity and some of that good connection. There was one piece in there that a young gentleman came out and basically said, "Look, I respect the cop. I understand he's got a wife at home, he's got kids at home, he's got a family at home. He just wants to go home to them too. I've got a family. I just want to go home to them too. I just wanted to be heard, and I wanted them to make sure we were safe while we did that." And these idiots that are out here doing other shit are making it very complicated for us to do this and get the right message. Yep. And that's the thing is the more people do dumb shit, the worse the message is. And the positive never comes out. And well, and the media portrays that. Exactly. And that's the same. That's the same with the two way uh, rallies down in Virginia. Oh yeah, you know, they're trying to get to such a bad thing. It was how do you have a hundred thousand? Right, it was close to that. Oh, we were well over that. Okay, so we'll call it a hundred thousand gun token rebels, and nobody got hurt. Yeah, hell, they actually were picking up trash and cleaning up. Weird. But the difference was is you had that many armed citizens. Not they didn't have bullets on them. Let's make that clear. They had unloaded weapons, but they were carrying weapons. But just that thought was enough to make people think that, you know, it's probably not the best group of people to go mess with because they probably have an idea how to defend themselves. Whereas you look where they're attacking now and they're attacking defenseless people because they can. Right. And that's what they do is they're opportunistic and they're willing to gang up on defenseless people you will never see them come out like we discussed earlier into the country where we will make a stand and dumb people get put down. Right. Oh, man. What is uh, the world coming to? Is it I deer season yet? I wish it would come. Yeah. <laughs> just just because, you know, that's one more reason uh, to be out in the woods and away from all the other bullshit in the world. We wouldn't even be thinking of none of this. This would mean nothing to us. The world come come, come to an end. If it's rut, we don't care. <laughs> We're in the woods. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a good time. I'm gonna get some meat for the family, and that's all there's gonna be to it. They're doing this in the worst time, and we all we all are home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have to worry about these things. Yeah, but you know what? That that's that. There's positivity in it. It's being overshadowed by the negativity, but uh, I think that's probably enough negativity for me for the next three four months till the deer season comes. I agree. So, I don't know. What's what's good in the world with you? Oh, man. Everything's good in the world, dude. It's the beginning of the fishing season here in the northeast. Um, fishing's been kind of good. Uh, things are starting to really crack up. Um, this weekend, we kind of started seeing some uh, good reports of a lot of fluke that are starting to show up um, in good numbers, good size. Uh, the porgies are starting to show up in good numbers and good size. Um the bluefish, I have really started to move in. The stripers, starting to see a little bit, a slower pick of keeper size fish. Now that we got to keep them in that 28 to 35 inch range. Um, but there's good numbers of them starting to show up. Uh, the big fish normally don't show up here until about the end of June. Um, but, I mean, there's definitely fish to be caught now. Things are starting to heat up. Uh, we were fishing over off of Long Island. 
and temperatures were in uh, the high 50s, low 60s. So that's really good. And, you know, things from here on out in the next couple of weeks are really going to start to heat up. Um, So that's a big positive. Once those big fish start to show up, things, all things go good. And I stop worrying about anything else in the world. It's like chasing (laughs) big bucks. So um, I'll be working during the day and fishing at night. So nice. Yeah. Podcasting somewhere in between. Well, see, and that's the funny thing is it's, you said it gets good around the end of June. Right. But what sucks is the end of June, we got other plans. Yeah. And that's the thing. Don't get me wrong. It don't suck. I'm just saying timing's off. (laughs) Yeah. Timing's definitely tough. I mean, my thing is July. Like July is one of my favorite months when it comes to catching big bass. Um, You know, they start showing up about the 20th of June. Um, is when we start putting numbers of big fish on the boats. Um, but for the most part, July. July is, we, we call it the month that the cows come home. Uh, that's nice. when we start getting really big fish. But <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to, you know, with everything going on, going and visiting the boys in Illinois. Um, so at, at the end of the month, we're, we're, we're going <laughs> to... Yankees, Illinois. <laughs> Illinois, Illinois. Um <laughs> So we're going to, I guess, I guess me and Steven made the final decision that we are going to go to make it to the shoot. Um, I know it was kind of a last minute decision. It's still a last minute decision for us. We're still up in the air on it, but. um, As of right now, that's the plan. Yeah, that is the plan. Um, Unless the world comes to a collide and we can't make it there. Um, (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. This month's kind of going to be a little bit tough for me. Um, just a lot of stuff going on, man. Getting back to work, getting, you know, being able to go out to the shoot. I got a puppy coming. Um, just, I just a metric shit ton of things. And then we started talking, I was on the phone with Bones, um, Eric Smith, and, uh, we were talking about already doing fucking pre-rut trips to Ohio. Yep. And I'm like, geez, man, already? So I think that's going to be the end of October, beginning of November. Uh, he does two weeks there. So I think we'll probably, I will make the ride. I imagine you're coming too. Yeah, I'd already um, talked to him about it. I think that's yeah. something we're definitely going to just go Beginning of November? Down. Yep, go do it. Yeah. I, I ain't going to lie. Ever since spending some time out there and talking to him a little more, I think we'd be stupid not to go up there and do some public land shooting on Ohio. Yeah, I, I'm 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 right with that there. Um and then we're gonna have to we still have to book our trip for Maryland. Yep. Well that we, we don't really have to book it, but uh we Well no, we gotta put the dates, dates down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just have our own little tour. <laughs> I think that's that that's more or less what we're gonna be doing. I mean you think about it, right now in our heads, we've got Connecticut. We've got Virginia, we've got Ohio, we've got Maryland already in the books, like ready to go. Yeah. So I can add in Pennsylvania, which I'm kind of on the fence. It's almost at that point where either I hit Pennsylvania or I hit Ohio. So this year I actually think I may lean to Ohio. Yeah, I'm with that. Hey, before we get too crazy, why don't we thank the people that that support us? Yeah. Because I know where this is about to go. (laughs) Down a wormhole. It's going to be pretty bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Fire we have some off. very good guests tonight. Some of the, you know, some of our greater guests are on tonight. So I just don't want to get too lost in conversation here and make sure that, you know, we leave <laughs> enough for the guests to talk. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, oh, is that is there something coming in? You're you're right. Hold on. Let me turn up the radio. I think we got. Yep. There's some news for the cruise coming up. Hey everyone, Mike here with some news for your crews. As many of us know, hunter recruitment and retention is always a concern, and that's no different uh, in Wisconsin where the Department of Natural Resources has been trying to rekindle interest for deer hunting and more specifically firearm hunting. So uh, the gun deer hunting uh, licenses have actually dropped in Wisconsin by 16% over the last 26 years and over 20% in that span for resident licenses. So the DNR uh, had planned to submit questions about reframing the gun deer season to attendees at the Wisconsin Conservation Congress's spring hearings. Uh, the Congress is an influential group of sportsmen who advise the DNR on policy decisions. And due to the pandemic, uh, the spring hearings were actually canceled and an online survey had to be done instead uh, with the results being released in early May. Uh, the proposals uh, that were sent out for uh, review and comment and were uh, the biggest one being uh, extending the nine day gun season to either 16 or 19 days uh, and extension to 19 days failed by nearly a three to one margin and extension to 16 days failed by more than a two to one margin. Um, some pretty big numbers there. And uh, the other proposals uh, that were sent out were uh, eliminating the four day Antelus only December hunt, uh, prohibiting any hunting uh, either two or five days prior to the gun season, uh, limiting the crossbow season, which currently runs from mid-September to early January to only October and after the end of gun season, uh, or closing crossbow season in November uh, and reopening after gun season, and uh, including or inv- invalidating uh, archery and crossbow tags during the gun season. Now, hunters would still be able to use those implements. Uh, provided that they had a valid gun tag uh, during that time. And the last one was uh, looking at reinstatement of the controversial uh, earn a buck program. And all of these uh, were uh, sent out uh, in the online survey and all of them were heavily opposed. Uh, But there was one um, change that had overwhelming support And that one change uh, was for the legislature to increase out-of-state license fees for both deer and bear, um, but there was no amount specified, which is kind of unfortunate because uh, right now uh, the out-of-state license fees uh, are pretty reasonable uh, for the state with uh, the deer license for an out-of-state for a non-resident would be $160 and for bear it's $251, uh, which is pretty reasonable. So I guess we'll see what comes of that uh, and see if they're actually going to increase those fees for non-residents. So 
Uh, Idaho has also seen some adversity uh, with the Idaho Fish and Game Commission rejecting petitions for changes to archery hunting uh, as well as wolf hunting and trapping guidelines. Uh, the petitions included allowing lighted knocks for archery hunting and the petitions uh, included requiring signage near wolf traps and also requiring signage posted during active wolf hunting season. Um, a, sil a similar petition had been uh, brought forth in 2014 for the lighted knocks, but the commission has kept their stance uh, since then on maintaining existing rules uh, and limiting technological advances uh, on that type of equipment for bow hunting. Um, I don't know about any of you, but lighted knocks, sure, not helping my accuracy on the range. Uh, the wolf signage position, uh, petitions were rejected, saying that there are current regulations uh, and voluntary measures in place to ensure safety. Uh, they would be an added unnecessary burden, and that current regulations uh, have limited the risk to domestic dogs, camping, and hikers. So now let's head back east uh, to the Northwoods where uh, Trev was lucky enough to spend some, some quality time recently. Uh, congrats on all those moose sheds. That was pretty awesome. So on May 28th, Maine biologists proposed a 61% increase in any deer permits for the 2020 season. That brings the allocated any deer permits to an all-time high of almost 110,000 permits for the 2020 season. Um, the goal is to harvest more does and call the state's growing deer population uh, after a shortfall in deer harvest last season uh, and having a mild winter. Uh, state biologists stated that the state's doe harvest goal for 2020 is 13,000 um, aimed at reducing the population, particularly in southern Maine. Uh, the majority of the any deer permits will be issued for southern and central Maine. Uh, and the state estimates that the deer population this year to be around 300,000, uh, up from 230 to 250,000 last year. Um, the Inland Fish and Wildlife Division uh, has stated that if the any deer permits do not uh, achieve the doe harvest goal for this fall, the other methods of thinning the herd will actually have to be considered. Um, there hasn't really been any information on what those could be. So stay tuned to see how this year goes. Um, also from, from Maine, they have approved uh, an increase in the number of moose permits uh, for 2020, which is great news. Uh, it'll be up to 3,135 permits issued this year. Uh, most of the additional permits will be for the for northern Maine, uh, and that's due to that region. Um, winter calf mortality was only 18% this winter, uh, which was actually the lowest in the seven years of radio collar studies that they've done, uh, which is fantastic news. I know we've seen a decrease in moose permits uh, across New England over the last several years so to see an increase and uh some better health in the in the herd is is fantastic news and my only question is when are we going up to see mr mark buzzle uh to get after some of those does and take advantage of those 110,000 any deer permits so and the last thing for 
for this news segment will be uh, right back here in Connecticut. Um, for any of you that don't know, I think Trev's touched on it a little bit before. There were some controversial changes to um, our turkey season here this year, and uh, those changes were the well, not really an increase, but a change to a five bird limit across all lands uh, in the state, uh, not separating your bird limits between state-owned lands and private-owned lands, uh, and also allowing hunting till sunset as opposed to closure of your hunting day at noon. Um, there's been a lot of talk about how this would uh, affect the bird populations and uh, hunter success. And just recently, our Department of Energy and Environmental Protection has released some numbers on the junior hunting days, as well as the first four seasons, first four days of turkey season. Um, this year, the junior hunting days, the harvest was up from 2019 uh, from 48 birds to 65. And for the first four days of the regular turkey season, there was an increase of 103 birds taken from 462 in 2019 to 565 birds this year. Uh, that is a 24% increase in harvest over those first four days. Uh, and this year, when you are reporting your harvest, uh, DEEP is asking that you provide uh, what the time of your harvest uh, to track how many birds are being taken, you know, after 12 noon um, to see what the changes in harvest with extending the hunting hours. Well, over the first four days, they saw 19% of the harvest uh, taking place after noon, um, which is going to make up a good percentage of that 24% increase um, in harvest overall. Uh, remains to be seen if that's an effect of more people spending time in the woods uh, due to the pandemic or or what the overall numbers for the season might be um, when those numbers finally come in. Uh, as always, if anyone has any news they'd like to share, please feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram on my personal pages, Mike Salter on Facebook or bearded underscore bowhunter, uh, bearded underscore bowhunter 21, excuse me, on Instagram. And that's it for today and enjoy the ride. All right. Then we might as well just thank the people that thank and love and support us, huh? Do they love us? That's the question. Well, probably not, but they I definitely they, support they us. They support us. Whether they love us or not, that remains that's what, to be seen. That's why they're they, they're partnered with us. There you go. <laughs> uh, we try to first, make them not look stupid. Yeah, it's true to that. And uh, you know what? I'm going to start off with my man, uh, Drew Walter. Happy birthday to Drew, his happy 30th birthday. birthday. my man. So happy birthday to him was the past the other day. So might as well start off with Wild Edge, Wild Edge Inc. Check them out at wildedgeinc.com. Uh, get your stepladder. There's a couple of sales going on. Not sure if they're still running. I, but I think that, I, I didn't check today, but I think it's going to end today. I know they had extended okay. some stuff on the, uh, the discounts on the whole mobile setup. But if you didn't catch the sales, you guys missed out. They had some incredible deals on some great gear. Yeah, we were sharing it on our social media, so I know that at least we tried getting it out to everybody so they all could see what, exactly what was going on. For sure. 
but definitely check them out, wildedgeinc.com. Uh, also, we'll go with Broadside Camo, broadsidecamo.com. Use promo code OUTDOORDRIVE. I saw that it got used the other day. <laughs> nice. Caddy Cowboy used it up. He got himself a, a beanie. So um, the Ascender Series, get that ready for saddle hunting, and it goes along with your Wild Edge stuff. Um, he just came out with the Ascender sweatshirt. I'm not sure if that's out yet, but it is coming. Um, and then you always have your Versa and your Versa Light series. So make sure to check them out at broadsidecamo.com. Uh, Nor'easter Game Calls, nor'eastergamecalls.com. Go check out Mocky Mock. Um, it's almost time to get your Evolution Series grunt tube. Um, almost also, time. Start getting it now. Get loaded well, that's up what I'm prepared s- for the season. That's what I'm saying. You got to get ready. Um, and your fall turkey season. Your turkey pot calls, your turkey box calls, so on and so forth, your crow calls, your anything, your predator calls, anything you need, he's got it. Check him out. Also, he has a scent eliminator, and he has um, a bunch of scents also, so make sure to check them out, nor'eastergamecalls.com. Um, Wicked and Twisted Bowstrings, wickedandtwistedbowstrings.com. Um, promo code OUTDOORDRIVE10. Get yourself some bowstrings. They, she has the BCYs. And she has the bloodlines now, which are a softer string, non-waxable, non-needed to wax um, bowstrings. So you can get those in any color and any assortment. Also, check out... Um, I'm bad at this. <laughs> we did it backwards, so it messed me up. Deathwish Coffee. Deathwishcoffee.com. Use promo code OUTDOORDRIVE10. Save yourself 10% on the world's strongest coffee. Check them out um, at... The Death Cast with Amazing Jeff. Um, get yourself your K-Cups, your beans, your ground stuff. You name it, they got it. Oh, the cold brews. Don't forget about the cold brews. Yeah, them things are dangerous. Brews. Yeah, nasty. <laughs> um, also, uh, Hunter Sight. HunterSight.com. Um, your algorithm and your hunting journal. Um, there is a free version. I think next week, uh, Monday, um, we'll have on... Uh, we'll have on the Bryce man, Stone. the myth, the Bryce Stone. Yes, so, sir. It'll be on then. Who else am I forgetting? Oh, off the top of my head, I think you nailed them. All right, good, great, grand, awesome. No yelling on the bus. Yelling on the bus. <laughs> you missed it. It went over your head. All right, good. <laughs> I mean, we could thank a lot of other people, but we'll just keep it there. <laughs> crazy yep so like we were talking before um big plans for deer season i'm kind of really excited so we're gonna try and do maryland to get our sick of deer possibly a whitetail if they come out that's the hope i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pass on a on a on an eastern shore whitetail by any means no He'd be stupid too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, there's some there. studs where we're going to be. Have you seen any when you were down there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that uh, the buck I took last year was only about 40 minutes from where we'll be hunting Sitka. Okay. And he was a small buck. I mean, he was, I think he was 123 green. I didn't even bother finishing wow. scoring him, but that was an Eastern Shore, Maryland buck out on a field. And he was a young guy. I mean, he probably wasn't but two and a half. Uh, but when you only got one day, you shoot what you got. And what's running around there 
will make you say, I mean, they're comparable to Midwest deer. Yeah, it's going to be tough, man, especially, you know, holding off on a whitetail to take a Sitka. Um, oh, no, I really that's want a beautiful Sitka. thing is if whitetail comes through, you can thump him and then wait on a Sitka. You can get a stag and a buck in the same day. It's legal. Oh. So man, it, it's basically I just don't know. Like, I, you just don't want to taint the woods because you, you want that Sitka. Like, everywhere, like, I want one in the worst way. Like, that's, I want one for the wall in the worst, worst way. I get um, that. But you got to remember, you're, you're in swampland. I mean, you're, you're in the marshes. So, right. you know, your scent is getting a good job of covering up. Plus, in all sense, if we approach it right, they're going to be coming in from in front of us, and anything you shoot is going to be getting out of the way in the water. So you should be fine. I'm pumped. It is what it is. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be a you fun trip. You can't pass on nothing. I, I don't know. You get up in the tree, man, and, and your adrenaline starts going. A hind comes in, and I'm whacking it. I really don't care. <laughs> hey, like I said, I, I skimmed a hind last year. I misjudged my sight because I truly didn't understand how small they are. Right. And I mean, I misjudged my range and just went right over her back. And and that's the thing is you really got to set your ranges when you get in there. Cause and coming from the guy that shoots woodchucks. <laughs> hey, if the, if the damn woodchuck comes out of my garden at 40 yards and I can see him from my mic right here, my ritual is right next to me. And I will make sure that groundhog does not eat any more of my garden. <laughs> I love it. All here. <laughs> got him <laughs> got him oh i love it no and then you know meeting up with bones up in ohio man i'm really looking forward to that just just the fact to be able to spend some time with them and haunt and and get to know and and see different land um one of the mistakes that i made last year um was i was gone for my rut here in connecticut um a little upsetting i was gone between the 10th and the 15th of november um and of course my cameras were going bullshit um <laughs> i mean it, it paid off for you in the long run but at the same time i get yeah, where you're coming from i shot my deer on the 22nd of november last year um but it, and he was never on camera he was actually never on camera during that whole entire thing um but there was like four or five other shooter bucks that had come through that area, um, which I probably would have shot them. And I, they wouldn't have meant what they meant, what this deer meant to me. But I don't know, man. That's that's one thing with traveling and going on different hunts is that you miss out on some of your homeland turf. And it's rolling dice, man. You go it's somewhere. One of those you you may set yourself up, and you may get a Midwest monster on the day that. For three days straight, your target buck came right under your stand at home. Mm -hmm. You know, you just never know. And I've been in that boat. I've done the same thing with one of my target bucks out here behind the farm. Uh, hunted in Pennsylvania and came back and found out my 12-point target buck crossed every day I was gone. Right at oh. perfect time. But, you know, that that's the gamble. Yeah, and, and, and to me, man, it, I mean, to be spending the hunt with you or, or Eric or you know, anybody that we're going to hunt with, like it, it is what it is, man. Like that's, I think it's more important to me than shooting a big trophy buck or your target buck, man, is to making those memories and, sh and, and shooting a different deer or oh, not sure. even a deer, you know, like 
it's just one of those things that's in the back of your mind though it's like you know you you put in a lot of time and effort to be able to shoot that trophy deer back home but I don't know the experience of being at a camp with with your guy for guy friends and and sitting around the campfire and bullshitting is definitely way better than you just being in your tree stand and shooting your target buck to me. Oh, for oh. sure. Well, there's a feeling that comes along when you're off on a trip like that, and somebody gets an animal. You know, you get that call. Hey, man, buck down. You're out in a place you don't know, you don't know anything about, and your chances are very slim. You are never more excited than when someone gets a deer on a trip like that because it, I mean, you had to go work for it on the spot. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. Like we're, we're hunting public land. Yep. So when we are traveling, so it's, it's tough to, you know, you're doing what you've done and put in the time and effort on public land back home. Um, you're trying to do, to cram it into five, seven days. Exactly. So, I mean, I look forward to it, man. Like, you know, I mean, I love fishing season. Fishing season is like my bread and butter. Like I love it. Like I live, breathe and dream for it just like I do the rut, but, um, nothing beats thinking about deer. I mean, like I'm already getting phone calls from Seth and he's like, dude, what's going on? Like you got time to hang cameras or what? I'm like, bro, it's fucking the end of May. (laughs) <laughs> Begin, it's june 1st bro like chill he's like well you know in july like we're gonna be busy man august you know it's our busy month and i'm like i know i get it i understand he's like we gotta go hang cameras he's like how many of them spy high things you got and i'm like <laughs> i got enough bro don't worry there's plenty <laughs> he said if not we got the morph pro hangers i said I'll tell you got one thing. those spy highs are going to come in real handy when i put these cameras up over looking for bears because i had two cameras get mauled last year and lost them both so so that was like one of the things that they were actually designed for talking with um brad um and the actual founder of spy high um that's what they did it for the grizzly bears um a lot of it was a conservation thing we'll have them boys on so i don't want to get too much into it but brad and brian um they're they're the two they're they're of the family of the designer of spy high but um and devin of course we should good people yeah devin's good people devin is actually who i'm getting my dog from um which is he actually has i didn't realize it and i just you know within conversation and whatnot i didn't realize that he has an actual kennel um and it uh, sorry i'm trying to look him up oh, you're good, man. i feel bad if i don't um so Devin works for brad and brian and he travels all over but he's also a farmer in north dakota um but they were telling me about it and how it was actually um, it was designed for them in conservation and studies and so on and so forth with um, the grizzly bears because the grizzly bears would actually maul the cameras. So they would get them to get them up and out of the way so that they wouldn't get mauled. Um, so they had designed the spy high. And um, now, I mean, we use it for our own grizzly bears out here in the east, the thieves. <laughs> um, they they actually uh so it works very well for them and um and they actually do um you know i know you're not on public land you're not supposed to put them up there and blah 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 into a tree but listen my 200 and something dollar camera is way more than the fine that i'm gonna get so i just use it anyways um i know it's not a very good thing to say but it's one little screw hole man 
and I just don't want my camera stolen. So I use it. I don't no matter you. what. So, oh, and De- like I was saying, Devin's kennel is uh is the Wild Prairie Gun Dogs. So if you guys haven't checked them out, go and check them out. But um, I'm getting a Red Fox Lab or Fox Red Lab. Red. Couldn't tell you. I, I've uh, not gone down the lab wormhole. So it's a fox, a red fox lab, red fox, fox. I don't know. Caddy Cowboy has one. My other buddy Jimmy has one, and I will soon to have one. Her name is going to be Ruby. We've come to the conclusion of Ruby. Nice. Um, See, now you're not getting her as a gun dog, though, are you? No, she's a shed dog. There you go. She's only going to be, she's literally all she's going to do is, is shed hunt. Um, I mean, I might use her for. She's going to go everywhere and do everything with me. I've always, ever since I've been a kid, and this is where it's all started for me, honestly, is I watch Old Yeller and I said, I want to yell that when I get older, right? <laughs> well, I never did because I was always into the bird hunting dogs. Well, Trev, so I never grew up. <laughs> well, I didn't. Well, now I finally fucking did. 30 years old. I, well, I'll be 30 <laughs> in July. Um, you think I would fucking grow up. I finally grew up and I, I got myself a, a Yeller lab. So, so nice. we got... She's she'll be here hopefully this by the end of this month. So I'm excited for that. But but yeah, I know the spot high. So Seth was talking to me about that and um he was asking because he wants to get the cameras out and so on and so forth. And I totally agree with him. Um because it's it's about that time. Uh especially, you know, it's never too late. And you start seeing people with with uh velvet pictures and this, that, and the other thing, and I should already have cameras out, but I don't. Um do you have deer cameras out, Steven? I've got three cameras out right now, but just right here on the farm, mainly because my cherries are fixing to turn red, and that's when the bears like to come in and crawl up the trees at night. So kind of get an inventory on what's coming through here to line you up for your bear season. Yeah. Try to get you some pictures of that color phase. I want to see that thing so bad. But we have, for the last few nights, actually sitting right here in the studio looking out the window, I've had three bucks coming into the food plot. Nice. And, and right now, you know, they're, my estimates are two and a half year olds, but it's hard to tell right now, you know, that body weight is off from the winter, you know, they're mm-hmm. just starting to grow, but you know, they're already out, they've got their eye guards forked out and they're coming up, their G2s are starting to fork. So there's some potential for some decent deer back here on the farm this year. Oh, that's awesome. So I've got a couple. Those cameras. are Kim's deer. Yeah. Yeah. Those are definitely Kim's deer. And then, uh, <laughs> unless one pops out while you're here. Oh, uh, no. Because there no. are plenty. No, I'm here. I'm, I'm there for a bear. Oh, I know that. But I'm there for a bear. If a nice buck walks by and you don't shoot, and I'm going to be a little pissed. All right. I'll let it have it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah, I've got one camera on the food plot, and I've got two cameras on cherry trees that are also the main crossing corridor for where the deer and the bear come through. Yep. So, hopefully, I'm going to just let them sit and run for about the next three weeks and not touch anything. And... We'll see what happens. Hell yeah, man. And then normally we have deer, deer camp up here. Um, I'm going to have to look at the dates. Um, but normally, so that's when Mark and Ethan come down from Nor'easter. Um, and they, they spend a lot of time with us. And I believe we have a special guest this year. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, Chad. Oh, crap. Chad I about that. Yep. So he... 
he's been talking to me back and forth and he's planning on coming down and hanging out with us um for deer camp which is fucking awesome dude i'm i'm more than that i'm I'm ecstatic that he's gonna come and spend that time with us um so that'll be kind of fun and i think we're gonna do it a little bit different because normally we hunt on um on the one property where camp is and that's a pretty big piece of property but things have been a little tough in years past i mean we always shoot deer um but i think this year we're going to do a little bit more of public land hunting in the area nice um so kind of like get off the beaten path but we just need to once we start crunching down dates and times and so on and so forth then we'll be able to figure out kind of what we're doing now i'm not gonna get arrested while we're hunting up there if i knock an arrow before i'm drawing right i know your guys' laws up there are like insane so i just want to make sure <laughs> you're hunting with a bow so you don't have to worry about much okay i'm um, just saying I know, some of the stuff you were telling me it's like dude do i even put an arrow in the freaking breast before i'm ready yeah. to shoot <laughs> no you're good yeah um yeah, our laws are a little messed up, man. But when it comes to bow hunting, it's not that bad. We can hunt on Sundays here on for the boat with bow hunting on private land, so that's not bad. Um, and then we just—it's just the gun laws up here, stupid. Um, I, well, see, compared to like you, I don't even know. I, like the laws are crazy, but they're just normal laws to me, so I don't really even think about it. Oh, I get um, that. I'm going to have to go up there with a book of law and study it for a month before a gun no, is up there. No, you'll be fine. You'll be totally fine. Um, there's really nothing that's like kind of like stand out. Not with a bow. It's with a gun. The gun is the 500-foot rule um, and all that hunky-dory bullshit. But gotcha. with a bow, you're pretty much good. So. But And and they give you, um, you know, just a metric shit ton of deer. So you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Well, that's always you a good four. thing. And you can shoot four in one day if you wanted to. Yeah. I can deal with that. that. Yeah. So it's not bad. But no, we got a lot of good hunts planned, I think. Um, Yeah. I'm excited. I really am. I'm excited to see who made it through this, who who made it through the winter, who made it through gun season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now I really am. I mean, if you didn't find the sheds. You know, you got to wait till you find the pictures, so. Shed season sucked. Dude, you aren't lying. One of the worst shed seasons I've ever had. I think it's what kind of like kind of drove me to buy a dog. I can get behind that. <laughs> I've always wanted a shed dog, but. Well, or I like, had a shed dog, but. Like last year, I finished off the season with 35 sheds, and a couple of them were stunners. I mean, they were mm-hmm. beautiful bucks. This year, I hiked my ass off, and I think I only found it was that first shed I found with the broken drop tine. That was the only good shed I found. The rest of them were pretty much old whiteies from last year that were sun bleached, and I think I ended up with like seven. It, it was insane. That's so. I was twenty four the year before. And this year was 11, 7, 11, something like that. 10, 11. They were all horrible fucking sheds. I got one good shed this yeah. year. That was it. And that was off the island. <laughs> yeah. That was off the island. That was the only good shed that I got. Everything else was tiny. Um, so I'm, I, it was bad. It was bad. And I think a lot of it, obviously, they dropped late. And by that time, we were just so over it. We had already gone to these spots two, three times. 
and it just wasn't worth it. Um, and right. I think I, I, you know what I did get though? I got four moose sheds. Yeah, you got some paddles. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Actually, it was kind of funny. Is my so my uncle lives in Jersey, um, and he sends me a picture the other day, and he always does, man. He constantly sends me pictures of deer in his fucking backyard. Right? Doesn't I'm that like, drive okay. you nuts? He's like, oh, there's deers in my backyard, and I'm like, that's that's great. I care less. I said, can I come kill him? No, your aunt won't like that. I go, then what? stop sending me pictures. Right. Stop sending me pictures. So the other day, he sends me a picture, and it's of a giant drop. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? And it's like, it's pretty badass, actually, believe it or not. It's It's got a lot of character on it. Um, it's got like, I think it's, 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 um, it's got like a split brow tine. It's got like two little kickers off of it. And it's, I believe it's a four- it's a mainframe four with like two or three different kickers on it. And I was like, dude, what in the hell are you going to do with that thing? He's like, well, your aunt doesn't really like it. So I'm going to send it up to you. And I'm like, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, you should come and look at my backyard. And I was like, now, see, this is something I can get down with. <laughs> Cause he has like all this like preserved land. He's got bears in his yard, everything. And I'm like, yep, I could definitely take that. But I couldn't believe it. He found a freshie right in his backyard. That's hilarious. Yeah, and it's still brown. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Hell yeah. So, I don't know where that story was going, but... He yeah, found a it shed. was a good story. It was the other day. <laughs> he found a shed the other day. So, it's like, should I be out there shed on? <laughs> no, right Every- now, make that switch. Start thinking about fishing. Everything's green. Fucking green. Remember how it was green when we were down there in Virginia? Turkey oh, yeah. with you? Yep. It, we just got that a couple of weeks ago, probably a week ago. We got that green, green, green snap. No kidding. Yeah. So everything's like filled in green, green, green. So it's it's definitely, you couldn't find a thing in the woods if you wanted to right now. <laughs> Everything is all grown in. Something fierce. Crazy. Yeah. yeah it's nuts. It, it makes me laugh because, I mean, you saw my food pot while you were out here. Uh-huh. Right now, it's actually taller than my wife. Wow. My winter wheat right now is uh, seven feet or so. I mean, it is. We are so far into green season, it's sickening. I can't keep up with the vegetation out here. So what do you do? You go and you cut it down? Like brush hog it down or? Yeah, some of it I'll brush hog and uh, let it reseed or I'll I'll throw and mow and do a a no-till. Um, I let a lot of it get up nice and high like that because it actually creates a barrier on a neighbor's driveway. So that way when the deer in their early morning and he drives out, it doesn't spook them out of the field. They can just hunker down and keep feeding in the clover that's in the center of it. Okay. So it's like having a switchgrass on the outside of it. Basically. Or a shield or screen or whatever. It's just a a screen along that road and it keeps them comfortable and keeps them on the food plot. And then uh, uh, here soon, what I'll do is I'll actually go through and do a foot crimp, uh, just a two by four with a a piece of angle iron on it with a rope. Uh And you just step and crimp after I throw seed down. And what it's basically the buffalo system. So your tall grass is going to lay over. It's going to die off and keep the soil a little cooler 
it keeps it uh, fertilized because all that material will just break down and go into the soil. And I mean, it's a really cool system. If you haven't looked it up, it's called the Buffalo system. So, so are you saying that you're going to do a YouTube video on it? <laughs> are you forcing so, me to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I there's already so much incredible stuff on YouTube about it. It's actually how I learned it was okay. uh, uh, was through Growing Deer TV and just watching it and seeing how it worked and then looking at my situation. I'm in year two of getting this plot put together and it, it's amazing what the results are, what the differences are when you do this. So, uh, it's, it's kind of experimental, but letting it grow up, make the natural screens and then putting in your fall mixes and then crimping. It, it's amazing. I mean, my, uh, my brassicas and stuff last year were three feet tall. I mean, Jesus. I had, I had turnips they didn't out like there. Hammer them up. down. Oh no, they were in there, but it came up so well and so fast they couldn't mow them down fast enough. So I had greens literally until December. So what makes it so that it's that you can keep those greens like that? Uh, a lot of it's the soil. So I do the soil sampling, of course. Mm-hmm. And once I get the soil samples, I figure out what my pH is, what I need to add, etc. I get all of that. I, I sprayed and killed everything off because I had a lot of uh, ground vines and that was choking out a lot of the natural vegetation. So I had to do a complete kill off, a complete till under, and then started it back over with a fall mixture last year. Of uh, So I did winter wheat and I did some brassicas. I did some turnips and just kind of just a big mixture and put it all in, let it grow. It came up great, uh, really increased the deer activity through the fall. And now we're already seeing massive spring results. The deer are already coming back into it. So I think once we get the fall blends put back in and everything comes around, it's really going to be a good draw to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like I said, it's been an experiment, but it's been really cool to watch how much more activity comes in when you get rid of the shit and you put in a lot of good natural vegetation. That's badass. I'm all about it. You know what? Speaking of and all this food plot, hunky-dory awesomeness, um, I think this week we should probably give away two bags of uh, of uh, food plot shit, huh? I think you're right. I think it's that time of year, and I think uh, there are a couple lucky listeners out there who could use it. So the deal with this is um, it was it was given to us by a supporter – uh, Will Dietrichson. Um, he actually works at NEC or used to work at NEC um, here in it's New England Seed. Um, they do all kinds of food plots and so on and so forth. So he actually donated two uh, five-pound bags, which do, I believe, a quarter of an acre. I'll have to look. And yeah, all the stuff will be bags in usually about a quarter acre. So it's all guaranteed germ Germination. seeds. Yep. So... Um, it's 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 their deer feed for uh you can put it out this time of year august so yep start prepping your land now and then uh when you get the seed get it laid in there uh depending on your your zone you know do some research figure out when the best planting zone is and 
get that seed in the ground and get it ready to go for your fall plots. Yeah, so they can, I believe, I'd have to look at it, whatever. I'll go over it on the social media when we go to give it away. Um, but the, um, you put it down in June. So is it June, July put down for fall? So you can do an early an early season or a late season depending on it. So yep, um, it's got clover, it's got brassicas, it's got pretty much everything. It's a big deer deer mix. Um, so I should have brought down a booklet into the studio so I could read it off properly, <laughs> but we didn't think I forgot about it until you said something. So might as well just give it away, right? Um, and his thing was he just wanted to pay it forward, man, um, because of the things that have been paid forward to him. He wanted to pay forward to everybody else. So that's awesome. I guess man. you know the message of it is you know if if you do receive it, um, just pay it forward. Um, and and long story short of it is is that Will has been a good friend of mine for a very long time, uh, almost my entire life. And um, when he was younger, um, I had bought a bow and arrow from him which was his grandfather's and wow um it the bow and arrow was actually um he he was selling it it was his it was his grandfather's bow and arrow it was a bear um and I, i've probably told this story but the i bought the bow off of him and it was actually my first bow hunting bow um, I killed a ton of animals with it. Nice. Uh, my first deer ever was taken with it. Well, Will wasn't a hunter um, back then. Uh, he recently just became a, a bow hunter in the past year or so. And he was talking to me. He had found the podcast and uh, the, the previous podcast. And he started to get into it. And was really big into it and, you know, shooting and went guys course and was asking me a ton of questions and said, and the other thing. So then it had arised that he was looking to get a bow. And I said to him, I said, listen, I said, this is the deal. I have the original bow that you sold me when I was a kid. And I said, I want to give it back to you. So I ended up giving it back to him. And this is the bow that he's now shooting. Um, this is going to be his first deer hunting season is this coming up season. That's awesome. So, he'll be able to harvest his first animal with that bow. And it was his first bow that I ever harvested an animal with. So, um, so with that, he wanted to pay forward. So him working at NEC seed, he, um, he gave two bags of seed to pay it forward to somebody that needs it. So kind of one of those cool things, just one of those things, one helping the other and the brotherhood of just the love for each other. So you bet, man. That's that so, paying it forward. That's all. That's what it's all about. So big thanks to Will for that, man. And I guess, you know, for him, you know, just pay it forward. If you do receive it, just pay it forward to somebody else, man. Um, and we'll keep the chain on going here. For sure. Pretty badass. So I'll give that away this week on social media. Um, and uh, we'll get that that going to the people that need it. Yes, sir. And everybody needs a good food plot. Oh, you can't can't go wrong with food plot, and that's that's one of the things. Um, we used to do a ton of them on public land, throwing grows. Yep, we can do them here. Um, as long as it's you know you're not bringing in equipment and cutting shit down, we go in with a rake, rake it up, and do it there. There's another actually technique that you know we probably should have someone that's food plot educated in this, but yeah, more so um, than us. Yeah, but uh, they call it frost seeding. 
and oh, yeah. what it is Big when fan. when there's snow or frost on the ground and you literally go out and you seed it. And what happens is everything's dead. So when it actually soaks, it soaks in the seeds and you actually will have food plots in a lot of public land areas. Um, yeah, with that freeze and thaw in the soil, that soil will spread and open and then close when it uh, thaws out and then freeze and open up and burst vice and those seeds get sucked down into the soil and naturally germinate at the perfect time of year when the temperature's right. So you don't have to go out and check your soil temperatures and all of that. It does it naturally. It's a pretty cool right. technique. Yeah, and it's it's something um, I actually learned through a friend of mine. Um, he was the one that told me about it, and I was like, that's pretty badass. So I was going to do it this year, but we didn't have the snow <laughs> to do it with. <laughs> exactly. Um, we had so, a very mild spring from oh, December so, till now. It's miserable. And I was going to plot, actually, where I shot um, my deer last year, Funk. Um, I was going to do something down there on the river basin and, uh, we just didn't have the frost to do it. So I guess I'm just going to roll it natural down there. And that's another thing with like shed hunting and, and hiking and get to know area. So last year, those of you guys that don't know, um, the area where I shot my buck is a small 15 acre parcel where that abuts, um, the like 60 acres that I do hunt and all the bucks always kept going down there man like i'd come in i'd pull in to go hunting and i'd see him down there on the river and i'd be like what the fuck dude they're down there chasing does i'm like all right they're gonna cross over blah 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 blah. well so i finally got permission down there and i couldn't figure out why i'm like what the hell are all the deer doing down here so after i had shot my deer um and shed hunting season came i took just a quick run through there well when i came around the corner there was doe bedding everywhere and I couldn't believe it, dude, right on the river. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me, man. There was a there was a rub line that, that, that came all the way through. And when I was following the rub line, I jumped up a bunch of does. So I start looking, and I'm thinking that those are the buck beds. No, they were all doe beds. And what was happening is they were coming off the side of the mountain, crossing the road, going down, and they were busting the, the, the does out of the bed, and they were coming along the river, and they were coming right by me. And that's how I ended up shooting my deer. <laughs> nice. I was like, motherfucker, dude, that makes so much more sense. Well, see, and that's the thing. That's that learning piece is you oh. did it. You figured it out. You backtracked it. You spent that time in the spring and you put the pieces of the puzzle together. Now you get why they do what they do, which is going to make it that much better for you to set up on them this year. Yeah. And I, you know, with that is that it's, it's a pinch point and it's a pinch corridor. There's a river on one side and there's a small small piece of land in between and they literally funnel right through there it's a complete funnel piece and on my camera dude all the deer just kept funneling right through there i'm like man i hit the x on the spot man i'm fucking good i wasn't good at all it's just the only place that they could go <laughs> and, and then realizing like you're saying dude just just putting the pieces of the puzzle together now understanding where they actually come from and i didn't know man i just jumped in there just did what looked good and set up shop you know um, and so for this season, things will be a lot different. Yeah. And that's the thing actually looking forward to it. You, you take last year, you take what you learned, you apply it to this year and just get that much better. And that's the progression as a deer hunter. And I think a lot of people kind of get a little bit perturbed or upset about different things like, Oh, I don't understand what's going on here. Or, How does this work? Or, you know, they're trying to get that full circle picture in one season. 
And that's not the case. No, no, um, never. It takes years to understand it. Like when you guys that are newer hunters or even, you know, seasoned hunters, um, it takes years of understanding the land, the lay of the land, the way that the deer move. You can't just go in there and understand it. Think you see deer and that's it. That's not the case. Um, the food sources change constantly. The times of years where the deer go, when they go from soft horn to hard horn, when they go into rut, um, did everything changes. So years and years of experience is what gets you, um, success in these areas. Um, I've hunted, I've hunted the spot that abuts it, um, for this would be my fifth or sixth season in there. I don't fucking understand it. I still don't understand it. And where I shot my deer was on a total different piece of property. And I thought that I understood it. You know what I'm saying? And you're still learning. Like, yeah, you have little spots within the spot, right? And you always see deer there. And, you you know, they are what they are. But you, the big deer aren't there. And then I move and you go to the budding property and realize that that's where all the big deer are. They were showing up on camera from time to time, but they weren't always there. Um, and right. it's just putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And that's something that one rule that I've kind of lived by is every time I get a new property, you just almost have to gut the fact that it's going to take you three years before you can plan out and actually execute a textbook hunt at a minimum. Yeah, you may get lucky year one or year two, but before three years, you're not going to know enough about any given bigger property until you've spent that time so it can be rough but if you stick with a place and you learn the patterns you learn what they do where they go why they do it gear three four five and on then you're able to go okay i know i need to be here in this kind of setting weather wind you know whatever the situation is because you have that historical knowledge I mean, not all of us are like, uh, you know, Austin Chandler. We can't just walk yeah. out and go, yep, that's the tree. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's just people that just, you know, that as as Eric Clark would say, I mean, uh, Eric Smith would say, Bones, he would say, that dude's got, what did he say today? He said, that dude just got a, a horseshoe shoved up his ass. He's just the luckiest dude in the world. <laughs> when, <I was> dying, <laughs> when he said that, he was saying it about Kurt Geyer. Oh, yeah. Uh, that guy's just got a horseshoe shoved up his ass. Um, yeah. Well, and speaking of Kurt, uh, big congrats on that bear. Oh, my God. That, that dude was a gorgeous color phase. Wow. I can't wait to hear that story and share it with everyone oh, here soon. Lord. He... That is a giant. He was guessing somewhere between 300, 350 pounds. I was asking him today. I was talking to him. Nice. Um, and for Wyoming, it's an absolute giant. Oh, yeah. So, and he had to backpack it out, and they were on horseback. And so, and if you guys haven't checked out, go to workingclassbowhunter.com. Or, yeah, bowhunter.com. You can check them out there, too. But on their podcast, Working Class Bowhunter, um, it was... It was a slammer crew. If I could spend deer camp, if I could pick five people to spend with deer camp, it would have been them motherfuckers. Let me tell you something right now. All-star cast right there. Oh, if you weren't dirty game, you were going to get a buzz. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So it's Kurt Geyer, Austin Chandler, Ross Bigger, and uh, Clint Casper. Yeah. Was that, was yeah, that all was, of them? 
No, there there were a couple other guys, but uh, as far as the main crew, that was really it. That was it. Okay. So yeah, I I just didn't want to forget anybody, but yeah, that was a a stellar crew, man. You got you got um, Lord Chandler himself, <laughs> Team Rothman. Oh, dude. And then you have full throttle Clint Casper, bro. Um, I couldn't, if I was, that would be my, the, that would be my deer camp, man. If I could have a deer camp, that would be with them boys. Um, they, to, to learn to people that I look up to, um, that's them. Oh, Those that boys would, are no joke. That is a pile of knowledge in one roof. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you can't ask a question and get some kind of an answer out of that group, you're in one hell of a weird situation. And and with those boys, man, like those are the most humble, down to earth guys you will ever meet that are f- that are good in their trade. Um, For sure. They, they could be ignorant people. They could. If they wanted to, they could because they have the, the, the knowledge underneath them, but they're not. That's not who they are. Them dudes would drink beer with you just like your best friend from high school. <laughs> and they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. That, that's, um, that's the big keynote and uh, the big thing I'm looking forward to, honestly, with the shoot is, you know, yeah, it'll be fun to go shoot with the boys and hang out, shoot shit, you know, try to get some prizes again this year. But really just spending time with those dudes, kicking a beer back, having a good time. It, it's They're just good people. I mean, you don't find a better time in the world than bullshitting with that entire uh wcb group for sure absolutely and and you know what and i I hate to say this and uh, the east has well the east the east has big shoes to fill my friend well i i almost didn't want to go because i have i have an upholding um challenge that's all right that needs to be met I, I will be fine-tuned and dialed in, especially once I get that uh, new string on the bow and get everything Ugh. retuned for target season this year because, yes, I am slacking. I should have had this done two months ago. Yep. But uh, once that's done, I'll have this thing drilling, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely we'll hold court. We'll, we'll keep I, up right there with the royalty. Oh, man. Well, I, I tell you this is that I think that the synergy is coming for the ride. First off, <laughs> no confidence. <laughs> no, she's taking the ride. Um, and the only reason that she is because, well, I have the cure too. The cure is definitely going, but the synergy is also going. Um, you just, I just want the synergy for Doris. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> and that's <laughs> what I was why. saying. That's what I was saying. Um, she She's definitely going to be broken out just to, you know, for old time's sakes. Oh, well. You know? My question is, are you going to rebuild and replace any of the arrows that you lost here before we go? So this is what nobody else knows is the arrow that I shot Doris with last year is in a um, a tube and hasn't been touched since it shot Doris. <laughs> You're going to bring it back out to shoot Doris again. Same same arrow. Um <laughs> beast it it's been here it's been it's been waiting to go back so um i'm gonna bring it um and that's the only reason why this energy is taking the ride nice um but i might i might just do it with the cure i might try it with the cure i don't know i'll tell you what that bow is 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 a tack driver a fucking tack driver oh um, i know 
up to and and this is this is the truth of it, man. Up to about forty yards, and then I start to lose it. Nah, um, you were shooting it, well. At, I mean, shit, we were shooting a hundred yards with that damn thing, and you were shooting pretty well with the with the synergy. Yeah, with your synergy. I'm saying with the cure. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and that's in. Listen, I, I'm just starting to sight it in. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm shooting. I'm going to say that's well. a confidence thing. You, you don't know the bow well enough yet to Correct. be confident at those distances. And I was shooting well. I'm all right. Listen, I'm shooting well at 50. I'm holding probably a four inch group at 50 yards, 60 nice. yards. Um, but it's not what the other bow was. Well, I guess. It's did, not as forgiving because it's a shorter axle yep. to axle. Oh, yeah. That um, 31 and 13, 16. <laughs> it, you got to be on your shit. It's, and, and, that's, and that's what it is, man. It, and, and you really realize the difference of having a, a long axle to axle bow and a short axle to axle bow. It's not as forgiving. Well, just just to put a little pressure on you to get you going so you do really tune up before we get out there. Uh, Kim was just out shooting her ember, and she was shooting 60 yards shooting four-inch groups. That's so, awesome. Uh, just saying, you know, we're, we're going to have to button up. <laughs> but, yeah, she, she's actually out. She's shooting very diligently right now because uh, they moved the Pennsylvania Total Archery Challenge shoot into august where it was supposed to be last weekend Mm -hmm. so she's really getting out and learning that bow getting used to it because the course we are shooting is actually a long range course our minimum shot is 60 yards and goes out to 105 (laughs) luckily it's a fun shoot so you can walk up into the target into your comfort range yeah she is very particular that she wants to be able to shoot between 40 and 80 yards and she's out there hammering it and that ember is it, it it's doing it it's doing work that's awesome that's a great bow i i really i got the chance to paper tune it and i'll tell you what isn't it a smooth shooting little sucker <laughs> that thing is badass i almost <laughs> wish that michelle wasn't like really into the whole archery scene because i would totally <laughs> steal that thing no questions asked dude i, w- I would it, totally would yeah, it is like the perfect turkey bow, the perfect bow fishing bow, the perfect close range Ugh. deer bow. I mean, you could literally shoot that thing for hours. It's just a fun, smooth bow. Oh, I just got something cool. What's that? I just got a message. Oh, do Wicked tell. Twisted Bowstrings is doing another giveaway. Oh snap! We are giving away an archery package. Here, here is your chance to get in on the incredible prize package. Please follow these steps to enter and comment. Done. Like our Facebook page at Wicked Twisted Bowstrings. Share this post and tag five friends. And go to our website, Wicked Twisted Bowstrings, in our product category. Enter your email address. Winner will be drawn using this email address. Our winter will be drawn when the. The Wicked Twisted Bowstring Facebook page hits 2,000 likes and the website email hits 200. Hell yeah. And right now they're at 1462. Drive them up, guys. Get on there. Give them some support. And uh, 
and, get you something. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this right now. You want in on that package. Let me tell you this much right now. There's a t-shirt, a koozie, a sling, uh, a sight, uh, I believe a bowstring, a sticker. Uh, this is no joke, dude. Mystery gift card included. Oh, snap. This is no joke. This is a big giveaway. Are we able to put in for that? Um, uh. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, that just came out. That was that was right on Wicked Twisted Bowstrings on Facebook, guys. So if you guys haven't, make sure you guys get in on that. Um, that's a good one. I just realized that. Sorry. That came in and I was like, oh, I got to share that one with everybody. <laughs> that's all so, right. Just so everybody knows. It's cool when I get little live updates like that. Oh, for sure. So we got good plans, man. I can't wait till fishing season. You're going to come up this summer, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The original plan was actually right around the time we're going to the shoot. But uh, since you're saying no, wait until the cows come home. Then yeah. Uh, we'll do the shoot and then we'll turn around and do a trip. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Um, I'll look I'll look in my my log and see what's best. Um and come up normally around my birthday dude is like july is like fucking stupid so what you're saying is we need to go have a birthday party on the boat and slay some monsters <laughs> this sounds like a plan that's what i heard yep and i just i'm not drinking anymore so i don't know how my 30th birthday is gonna be with no drinking so well you ain't got a drink to have a good time no i know it's kind of cool i'm actually i'm down some serious weight now but I uh just trying to change up my diet and shit. So no, it's all good, homie. Like I said, it, it's a great situation and a good time to point out you ain't got a drink to have a good time. That's right, man. That's what it's all about. Fuck yeah, totally agree. I'm all right with it though. It's weird. It's definitely different. It's totally not the same, but I'm okay with it. I feel so much better now. I think I'm down, what, 30 pounds now? Yeah, there's a big difference. Looking back at pictures, you can tell. I mean, (laughs) you're doing well. (laughs) It's obvious. Uh, It's fun, though. I enjoy it, man. It it definitely keeps me more mobile in the woods and being able to hike and do all those things and not have to worry about it. So, For sure, man. And that's that's the thing is when you come down to it – your most success is going to come from being healthy. Absolutely. You know, because if you need to make that extra mile or anyone who's never had to drag a deer out of the public land woods for, you know, a mile or two or Mm -hmm. pack something, you know, like an elk out West or a mule deer or in Kurt's case, they had to pack his bear out. You know, if you're not in shape, you're going to know it, especially if you get into high altitude. So, at the end of the day, checking your health is not a bad thing, brother. No. No, and I think, I mean, it could be way worse when you're quarantined and you're at home. You could just eat and not, not take care of yourself or not do what you got to do, but you definitely have to, and it's important that you do, for sure. Nothing's better than your health. Definitely. Well, what do you think? Want to go ahead and wrap this one up, let people get back to their lives? Yeah, it sounds like a plan. <laughs> Why don't, yeah. you, why don't you close them on out? 
I reckon we could do that because I got a feeling we'd keep going down this rabbit hole for a couple hours. Oh, yeah, and they don't want to hear us blabble. We haven't got, we haven't had the chance to talk just us in a while. Um, I know that everything's going to kind of kick off here. We, we've had a ton of fishing hunt, uh, fishing podcasts. We have a couple of haunting podcasts here on Thursday. Um, it's looking like we have Matt Garris from Out on the Limb. Um, then we have Bryce Stone. Uh, so we got some good podcasts coming, kind of keeping it, you know, the mix here of the whole hunting and fishing um, aspect of it. If there's somebody that you guys want to hear, something that you think you should hear, um, or somebody that, you know, that you think is a good fit for us, um, don't be afraid to email us, message us, text us. Um, you know, you can find me on Instagram. You can find Steven on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You cannot find Steven on on Facebook. You can find <laughs> the Outdoor Drive on Facebook. Uh, Steven does check that one, so you guys can get a hold of us there. Or you guys can email us. It's OutdoorDrivePodcast at gmail.com. Um, we want to hear from you, man. We want to hear what's going on in your lives. Make sure to tag us and stuff. Uh, we want to see this stuff. We want to be part of your guys' family. So make sure to do so. Um, and make sure to just get over to that YouTube page and subscribe. Uh, we got a lot of cool shit coming down the pipe on our YouTube side. Also, if you guys haven't already, if you guys can give us a five-star review on our um, Apple iTunes, if you guys listen to it on Apple iTunes, or just spread the word of the podcast to your friends. Um, and, and that's all we ask. And uh, stay tuned for the giveaways. I will give away those seeds this week. Um, and we do still have some stuff from Nor'easter to give away. So please subscribe to all of our social media platforms. We'd appreciate it. For sure. Yeah, we'll definitely, we'll jump on uh, some Instagram and Facebook Live for those giveaways. We'll get that stuff posted. Also, uh, touching on some of the future happenings with the show, we do have a really unique one coming. We're about uh, five weeks out from the guest from finishing a pretty epic journey. And uh, she will be joining us upon completion. And it's, it's a really cool story, but uh, we're going to let her finish her thing before we kick it off. But just kind of tune in, we're going to delve into some of the uh, trail hiking world, the long endurance trail hiking world. We'll put that kind of as the ground floor of it mm-hmm. and uh just stay tuned for that that's going to be a really cool one and i'm excited for that one yeah uh, just just watching and talking to her as she's doing her thing i mean it it's nuts just seeing what she goes through on a day-to-day basis but <laughs> i think it's going to be pretty inspiring so you guys stay tuned for that um thanks for putting up with us knuckleheads We've had a good time catching up. We hope you guys have had a good time listening to us catch up. If it was mundane, let us know. If you liked us, let us know. Either way, hit that five-star review. And at this time, we want to thank you guys for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.